Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I like to look at it as sometimes a story will pick you, in a sense. That's how I feel about it, like. And um, to give the full kind of background on this, I was reading a book before called Paid For by a woman called Rachel Moran. Moran. She ended up on the streets of Dublin when she was 13 or 14, prostitution and drug addiction. And it was a really hard book to read, and I could only read about a quarter of it, and I was like, this is kind of turning my stomach, you know, it's really difficult. And uh, about six months later, I auditioned for a play called Heroin. <laughs> And it was written by a girl called Rachel Kyo. And Rachel had a very similar story where she ended up on the streets of Dublin, drug addiction, prostitution, all the, all the fancy stuff, you know, all the really tough stuff. And uh, I was driving through Dublin one night, down the South Keys, and out of the corner of my eye, I seen a girl sitting on a wall of the Liffey. Some part of me hates telling the story because I hate having to say this, but it'd be nice if... Anyway, I pulled in and I walked over to her. She had her legs in, in towards the, the river and she was going to jump in. And I went over and I just... There was three guys there talking to her. And I started talking to her and I just was like, hey, okay, whatever. Long story short, she got back, she got over the wall and we sat down on the ground and she told me her story. She told me what had happened to her, how she'd ended up. She was living on the streets, she'd been involved in drug addiction and prostitution. And her name was Rachel as well. And I couldn't believe that in the short space of nine months, three, uh, I'd come across three women with the same story, with the same name. And uh, that was four and a half years ago and it just kind of wouldn't leave me alone. Met the guys, we wrote some music, we wrote the song. So this song is for Rachel, any one of them. And when we recorded the track, we had a singer <coughs> on the track and um, after we'd kind of 
vocals. There's my vocals and then there's a, a, a singer, a lady singer on it as well. And her, the one we got in, the girl we got in, her, they, they didn't fit. And uh, we got in another artist. And you can probably guess what her name was. Her name was Rachel. So there was no question about whether she was the right one for the track or not. So this song, the working title is uh, Drain by Diamond. Um, it's Rachel's story. And this is for... Hello and welcome to A Life in Dublin. I'm your host Mark and with your permission we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit at least. This episode is a live recording from the Black Sheep Pub in Dublin. Twice a month we bring together listeners of the podcast to hear some comedy, some music and a bit of chat from us. It's a lovely way to make some new connections in the city and if you'd like to come along then please just get in touch with us through our Instagram page and we can arrange a free ticket for you without a problem. Right now, you're listening to a song from Freddie Black and the Hotel Mosaic. They played some tunes for us in the night, and we also had the pleasure of chatting to Anne, aka the Vagabond Queen. It was truly a special evening, and I came away inspired by both Anne and Freddie Black, both of them artists who have turned hardships into beautiful art forms. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and please enjoy the rest of this song from Freddie Black, which is followed by our chat with the Vagabond Queen. Place. Watching pieces flake off and float down the stream. More broken promises, more lost dreams. She's a slave, dude, streets. And all she wants is warm, dry feet. She's a slave to the streets. And all she wants is clean, fresh sheets. She wants to She's lost, she doesn't know She's an innocent victim of a one-way street Underneath this freight train of unfamiliar feet She cannot feel her heart She's been trapped inside her head But for the grace of God She hasn't drowned from the tears she's shed She's a slave to these streets And all she wants is warm, dry feet She's a slave to these streets And all she wants She wants to live her life so Overhead, this reception of deception keeps her wrapped up in these chains. Arrested in her mind, she just wants to wash her brain. Shame, compounding guilt, and those for hidden truths. All she's been seeking is new soil for her roots. A plastic bag rolling along, wanted by the crowd, can verbalize her demons. 
crown, she's a slave to white streets. And all she wants is warm, dry feet. She's a slave to our streets. And all she wants is clean, fresh sheets. She wants to live her life so free. She wants to live like you. So the one thing I, I, I will say is, is try to hold the microphone like just nice and close to the mouth. And see that green light that you see in front of you? Yeah. That should stay more or less in front of you. So try not to like turn it that way or anything like that. Okay. Not, not too much pressure. Doesn't have it, to be right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adam knows I'm really bad with equipment. Ah. I thought I'd break it around. I'm just yeah. very, very bad with it. Very bad with doing things with it. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it was Actually, I do, don't I? Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, first things first, um, I, met, I was talking to you a little bit about this upstairs, but you, you played in the Button Factory on Saturday night. I did. Supporting the Accidental Rapper. Um, how did it go? What was the night like? Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, there was a great tour now. So obviously it was his single lunch. Yeah. You know, so it was a couple of us uh, supporting him. Um, Shame's from Circle Sessions. He goes by RFE720. Yeah. I don't know if you've met him. Yeah, he's lovely. He's, he's brilliant. He's it's very different. There's not many people out there like him at the moment. Like doing, he does like spoken word with different kind of effects and sounds behind it. Yeah. And then obviously Lou Clerk, and I know you know Lou Clerk. Luke is great. The yeah. legend himself. Yeah. Shout out to Lou Clerk and love you to bits. Yeah. Um, and then myself as well. So it was actually really nice to actually support him. Yeah. You know, because I, I actually woke up and he was hungover one day, 
and I had a message from him. So I looked at it three times, was he? That's not for me, man. That's not for me. He asked me to perform for him. So he's like, uh, oh, I love yeah. your work, this, that, and the other. And he's like, me? Like, you see? So he'd yeah. be up there effing and blinding and this, that, and the other, you know what <laughs> I mean? So um, so it was actually, it was an honour to actually support him. Because actually, I love what he does. I love what he stands for. There's not a lot of people out there that's as passionate as he is. Agreed. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like, there's a lot of people that are... I'm not down on anyone, but they say this and they say that about the likes of the housing crisis, say, and the state of the government and everything else. And I'm guilty of it too. Don't go out and actually do anything about it. Do you know what I mean? We just sit at home and kind of give out. It about is it, really hard mean? to do anything about it, though. It is. It is you know? hard to do anything about it because you not don't know much what, makes yeah. a change. But seeing him doing what he does is actually it's very inspirational. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it does. It, it puts a fire in you. So. It's real nice to see him out doing because it, it affects me, it makes me want to do more. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I agree. He's actually a leader because he's like, when I was talking to him, he, he's explaining all of the stuff that he does, and you're like, okay, shit, I have no excuse anymore. You know, mm. here's a guy who actually is backing up what he's, what he he's saying. What he's talking about, yeah. Exactly, he knows what he's talking about. But listen, how did you become the vagabond queen? Like, what, what's all that about? Um. So many moons ago, um, <laughs> I used to be a singer <coughs> okay. in a band. Um, we didn't have a name for the band. Never really went anywhere around like that, you know. So I wrote a song. I used to write all the lyrics for mm. And the lads used to obviously write the music. Um, Adam will tell you I don't know anything about that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I was. I normally, I used to always write, I've been writing since I was a child, you know. So I'd write poems and I'd convert it into lyrics, if you know what I mean. So I was kind of writing this concept. Uh, I grew up between Dublin and Galway. Don't let the accent fail you, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm a Ballymun bogger, you know. Uh, <laughs> Another one. <laughs> what's up? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise there's only two, yeah. Ballymun bogger. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was kind of writing this kind of thing about travelling. So that, that always kind of aroused something in me to... I moved around a lot, so I always, I never felt settled anywhere, you know. So I was kind of, wasn't always homeless, but I was always moving here, there, and everywhere. Even after, to my parents were divorced, so with my mom, we moved a lot, moved yeah. around a lot, you know. So even as a late teenager or into my early twenties and things, I've just gone everywhere. I lived in Spain, you know, lived really? here, there, and everywhere, you know what I mean. So, um. I was kind of saw myself as a vagabond because I was never settled anywhere and I didn't want to settle anywhere, you know what mm. I mean? So that, that that's my soul, true and true. And I'm a bit settled now at the moment because I have to be, you know? Yeah. But that, that is me. Like, so it's it's kind of like in in a physical sense, in a spiritual sense, I'll always be a vagabond. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm always going through a journey through life within myself and, and the outer experience as well. Can Do I ask, I mean? how did you start? Like you said, when you were a kid, you started writing poems or uh, and lyrics and these types of things uh, what age were you when you started doing that and why was there some kind of someone in your mind that you were trying to um resemble to a certain extent or it was just like uh, some type of creative creative outlet for you i haven't a clue yeah. i couldn't tell you i just penned the paper it was just i guess it was an escape yeah do you know what i mean i didn't have a terrible childhood but it wasn't it wasn't ideal do you know what i mean like a family was always split up you're kind of caught between one place and another all the time mm. before you kind of got used to it so i used to r- write down how i felt a lot yeah. on a piece of paper and i'd always hide it from my mm. family like do you know what i mean it's had a bigger brother he's a bit of a relax do you know what i mean so <laughs> i didn't want him finding it you know but um 
I don't know. It was like it was an escape as well. Do you know? And I guess that led into darker things as I got older. But kind of writing fictional stories, how I felt, drawing pictures and journals and things like that, like and drawing kind of pic- pictorial stories. Yeah. Was something I just kind of found myself doing, like. What do you mean by pictorial story? Is just drawing like pictures or like no, just so I draw like a picture of a person going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Do you know what I mean? Like in a little scene or something. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's really weird. Do you know what I mean? But like, but um, well, well, it's not really weird, weird actually. But um, for an eight-year-old, <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> you were obviously expressing something there. But I remember like. Uh, I'm starting to bring up maybe personal things too often on this podcast, but um, <laughs> uh, I remember that we used to do like like our family, right? Was like, and this actually at the time we we didn't appreciate this at all, like, th- and this didn't last a long time. But like on a Sunday, you'd perform something, like perform something, like you'd have to have like learned a poem, sing a song, or whatever, and after Sunday after dinner, you you'd do something like that, right? I was shite everyone else more or less in the family you know I think my parents probably came quite disappointed in us after that but my brother <laughs> my one brother was very good he could sing and he uh, he used to write poetry because he was my older brother sometimes I used to try and like oh yeah I'll try and write a poem and then I'd be like oh that's pretty shit um, but if I was to say that that's how I maybe like became interested in that sort of thing but this purely came from you. You weren't trying to like. You weren't looking at anybody. There was no one in your family that you were very creative. That you were trying like that was a. Trying to mimic them. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not entirely. I don't think not with the writing. My brother was always mad into drawing. Yeah. And things like that. But we kind of always both did that together. But I think there was there was this competitive streak as well when it came to art. Okay. You know. Um, but not with the writing. I, I I think that was my thing to escape to get away because I I always got like di- you know them little dives you scare of Argos. Yeah. yeah. You, you know yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the, little dive, you know, the little lock on it like for Christmas. Like, your auntie wouldn't know you that well. She was like, I oh, get hold of that diary. Really, do you know what I mean? So that that was always there at my disposal. So gel pens, glitter in them. The ones um, that smell of fruits and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. do you remember them? Yeah. Totally forgot about them. Um, <laughs> Smell of fruits. Yeah, yeah they got smelt these like little fruit. glitter pens that yeah. smelt like the Some fruit. Some smell like color. orange, orange, yeah. orange, blue, blueberry. Yeah. Yeah, they that didn't is. taste that nice. <laughs> no, <they> didn't <laughs> taste that nice. I don't know if you were supposed to eat them, were you? Yeah. Try to compare them. It might explain a lot. <laughs> um, no, but on, honestly, I don't know where that came from. The art, the art side of things was probably to do with my older brother. But when it came to the writing, just kind of, I guess, I just kind of came out of nowhere. Having them things in me exposed was. Might as well make use of them, John you know I mean? So, at what point then did it become obviously like you're writing to express create like this creative side of you, but then going and actually performing that is is really uh, t- taking it to the next level, I guess, in the sense of putting yourself out there and like, um, it, like that sort of writing is very personal. It is. Uh, well, look, like, I, I journaled a lot, John. Mm. When I got into my teenagers, um. I was, I was a bit of a mad thing, like I was a bit mad, and uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think my parents would like to see me as a disappointment, but I would have seen myself as a disappointment, you know. Um, but I, I felt all sorts of things. I went through a lot of dark stuff that my own family wouldn't even know about. So mm. 
again the journals were always there journaling writing down how it felt um one of my best mates died when I was 18 as well so that that was a great way of getting it out mm. do you know what I mean um, before then I used to just kind of try and write songs do you know what I mean I li- like listen to my favourite bands all the time and kind of try and write my own kind of lyrics and stuff but like nothing ever came of it play guitar in the background nothing ever went of it like, do you know what I mean but um, I, I, went, I went through a lot of hard things especially as a late teenager into my 20s and writing was always there so when I went into a band, the poems were already kind of coming to fruition. And then when I was writing the lyrics, the poems were torn into lyrics to fit the song, but they'd always start off as poems. So they'd always be there as an original piece. Mm. And then the songs would be there afterwards. Okay. So, do you know what I mean? But um, I actually I came down to Smithfield Creatives when it used to be out in the Smithfield Square. Um, Ray brought me down, Le- Leona Ray. What she goes, she just goes as right. She's a brilliant singer, so I'm right. I don't know if you know her. I know her through being in school in Galway, so she lives down here now herself. So we met up one day, she brought me down, and she was like, Me, go up and do a poem, go up and do a poem. Now you write poetry, blah blah blah. And it's gone on a lot today. So I went down the week after, and I was shit myself. Adam just ate me I'm up there, fucking shaking and all. Do you know what I mean? I was so nervously, like, you know, but that's normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, but just, just fucking. They're bag of fucking shake and spoil us. I mean, like that's that's a new saying. Anyway, haven't heard that one yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Copyright. That's word. Bag of shake and spoil us. I like it. That's that's how it all just started. Then I just went up. I just I said a poem that I wrote as a song. I still do it now. It's called um, I won't let you in. But. yeah, that's, I, don't know, I don't know if I just actually long-winded that question there now, but... Like, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how it all started, anyway. But, yeah, I, I still, like, apart from, like, your mate who you went to school with um, encouraging you to go to, um, to the event, like... Uh, maybe this, this sounds like a, a really stupid question, but why did you actually want to perform that? You know what? Apart from some, like, because right, one person giving you encouragement, you know, some people might go, "Ah, no, not for me." Yeah, and, and that end of conversation. You get up then, do you know what exactly. But yeah. why? Why did you want to get up and perform it? Is there something that, again, like you're expressing it, or is it more that you really wanted to communicate the idea that you have written? You wanted to share it with people. I'm not gonna lie. I think I missed the aspect of being in a band and yeah. kind of okay. being creative. You know, whereas it was probably two years since I left the band that I didn't actually do anything. Do you know what I mean? I'm still writing at home and things like that, but um, there was no way I didn't have an outlet, I guess. Do you mm. know what I mean? So, kind of going up and doing something like that was maybe like a subconscious kind of pull of being like, I want to do this again. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, part of me did always just want to get into poetry to find myself without other people behind me. Yeah. So I could, because uh, I'm a very shy person. Like when I'm at home, like I know I'm up here again, effing and blind, and this, that, and the other. Like, do you know what I mean? But I, I am fundamentally very shy. Like, um, so I, I kind of wanted to push myself to know myself, so I could probably go back into music with other people. But I'm not gonna lie, I'd rather just be on my own nowadays. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. easier, like, do you know? Yeah, more comfortable in your own skin, and you know what you just like. Don't have to do like. with everyone else being on top of you. Do you know what I mean? I chat and just look after yourself do you know what I mean yeah where, where do you write everywhere anywhere 
Do you know what I mean? Everywhere. I write mainly at home in my bedroom. Jesus. <laughs> what you shouting for? Um, That's somebody's burgers arrived later. <laughs> it's not fucking my book anymore. <laughs> um, sometimes like, I'll write in the bus. Like I won't write a full piece. Like bits and pieces come to me. I might walk down. Like I, I get a lot of inspiration walking through Dublin City. Um, when I'm on buses, long long journeys and buses, I go back up to go. We see me ma or something, you know. Inspiration um, from people or from things that you s- places. What exactly? Anything, anything. Like even today, I came down. Was I think it was about half an hour early, which is Adam again. It's very good for me, isn't it? Being half an hour yeah, early. Yeah, I was very impressed. Um, even I just sat outside, just I had no headphones in. I never have internet credit anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, it's not. F- what are you laughing for? <laughs> <laughs> He's from Ballymoon. But um everyone's just so peaceful you just hear seagulls like you see the street. And almost it wasn't so busy, just people walking dogs, you know, it's just the the antique shops, like the jewellery shops and things like that really inspire me for some reason, like old pubs. John like just I don't know, you'd even hear someone screaming at the back of a bus or something, just like, right, that, that's inspiration. It's just mad things, it's just anything and everything inspires me. I go for a walk in the park, which is totally different than going from a walk in the city, but even just a bit of a hippie in the summertime, walk around, no shoes on in the grass, you know what I mean? And just that feeling inspires me as well, you know? Uh, conversations I have with Casey, my partner, like, conversations I have with my best friend, even my outfit, like, John, just anything everything like especially like mainly things that come from my heart and um, things that i feel yeah inspiring me you know what i mean you said you lived a little bit of time in spain mm. so you've had that experience anyway of being outside of ireland and then having come back here and um, do you think there's anything special about uh, or unique even about dublin that inspires you yeah all of dublin man. dublin city big time inspires me it's um I know things are changed and are very modern these days and um or very we're, we're a very cultural city like as in we've got multicultural and it's beautiful it's great but you still that sense of like walking down some mad alleyway like not a dodgy alleyway or anything like that you know what i mean like but like some mad alleyway late fucking night you know it's all it's just like it, old dublin kind of feels like it, it's calling from the cobblestones to me or something like that you know what i mean through the bricks and things and but what is that? Yeah. Because a lot of people like in this room now might not know what you're talking about. They might be like, Old oh, Dublin, what's that? I'm not gonna lie, I probably don't know what I'm talking about either. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a feeling like, do you know, it's it's like a feeling where that I've never lived before. Do you know, it's like a feeling uh, I used to be mad into history years mm. ago, school and stuff, I've fucking gone out of my head now, like do you know what I mean? But um just just that feeling of a sense of like learning about say nineteen twenties Ireland, like nineteen sixteen, like um even nineteen sixties hearing stories from my dad or my granddad, God bless him, he's not here anymore, do you know what I mean? Or what my mother would tell me back in the day, you know, it's just just mad that sense of oldness that's still kinda locked in the city, do you know, like even looking in a jewelry shop window, like do you know down the back of Grafton Street, I don't know the name of the street, but they have like Shops that look like they're older than fucking time. Johnny yeah. have brooches in the windows and stuff like that. It's just, they have like so many stories in them that were owned by people. It's just, just this mad sense of like past lives echoing towards it or something. 
Mm. I don't know. I haven't even smoked a joint today. Like, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, you know. But there's just something in it that just really resonates with me. It's like, I love the aesthetic of film noir, and I claim that I'm a noir writer because a lot of me pieces are really kind of they sound like that they sound like they're in black and white you know what I mean so I kind of get a sense of old Dublin with that with I don't know I, I don't know how to explain it it's just something calls to me like that you know um, we're not going to go too uh, deep into it in, in this kind of in a, the live thing but um, <laughs> how much of an impact in let's just say what, what we don't see what is not uh, in let's just say of this world influences you oh Jesus yeah. you said you won't be here all day so I won't answer that question I'll be here for about four hours I mean that like no, like a lot of it a lot of it was like um, in what sense are you are you, are you like is it is it people is it like what what exactly is the communication there what do you mean like when you're saying you're influenced by it like what what are you envisaging like are you it's not really like envisioning something as to say, you can't, like, if I put pen to paper, I can envision what I'm writing. But it's like, it's it's just some sort of feeling, like something's calling you. And when you listen to that call, it's, it's like a personified feeling. Mm. Do you get me? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I say that because like, I just don't have the ability to do that. Does, does that make sense? You obviously have a talent in, in that you can do that. And I think a lot of artists might be able to call upon that. Maybe some people would call it a muse even yeah. you know that kind of way it's some type of like I'm not going to lie I don't know what to call it either. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of on the same page here then we? yeah but like I mean if I sat down to write something there'd be, there'd be nothing calling me <laughs> why not but I don't think so I'm sure something be calling you Monica be calling you folks <laughs> Monica definitely <laughs> <laughs> that is that is uh, 100% true <laughs> um, yeah it's it's interesting to me. That's all I'm saying. Um, I, I find it interesting. I'm curious about how it happens. Does that make sense? It's, it's, you don't have to be able to explain it. But yeah, I'm thank just, God. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I am curious about how it happens. Um, I read one of your poems today. Did you? Um, I'm you? not going to. Um, <laughs> I didn't do very well in French in school, so. No, um, what was the title of of it again? Uh, Le monde n'existe pas, so it means the world does not exist. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, for anybody who's here tonight, I truly recommend that you check out our Instagram and, and give it a read. It's it's really, really good. Thank um, you. It's not in French, uh, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. First of all, my, why why the French title? <coughs> Sorry. Um, so I was over in Paris... Um, just before Christmas so I was doing a show doing a guest appearance over there so me and Casey were over in a bar just before I did me set and some little kind of hipster dive bar you know there was a karaoke bar or something they're always the best bars oh it was great yeah, it was real mm. nice dark and dim like myself do you know what I mean <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's true like, he's a laugh man he's bullies like. do you know what I mean get them body moon head looking at you very fucking traitor and <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're in this bar anyway so they had like loads of board games and books on the wall and I picked up a book and was taking a picture of Casey then so on the front of it said Le Monde n'existe pas and I have I was very bad at French myself in school but like I, I kind of figured it out a little bit I meant the world does not exist you know so I just thought it was cool you know there's a, there's a real nice 
obviously didn't read through the book, couldn't understand the word out, you know. But um, it, di- it didn't really dawn on me until I was at home. So the poem had absolutely nothing to do with me being in Paris, but like Vagabond Queen, you know, travelling and things like that. It's like, I like to pay homage, homage, I can't say that fucking word. Anyway, you know, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> to the places that I've been. So if I'm going to put that, solidify that some way, even for myself in a notebook, I can put that language in it, do you know what I mean? So, like, I, obviously in Spain, basic Spanish, do you know what I mean? Write a little bit of poem in Spanish, then that was me in Spain, do you know? So, mm. it was kind of honouring me time in in France, you know? Mm. So the poem is, again, it's nothing to do with me being in France, but just that's where I got the title from, you know? So I kind of wrote the poem around that title and how I felt about the concept of how the world doesn't exist or what it meant to me, do you know? Yeah. So I couldn't tell you what was in that book, though. <laughs> Not at all. But like, what the world meant to you, like in the, in the poem, I was interested. Like, uh, what, like you were talking about lots of different concepts and maybe struggles that you have. Uh, what the world expects of you, I think that that was kind of what I took away from the poem was like maybe expectations versus how you're dealing with those expectations yeah, and what 100%. you actually want. Um, and I guess. Uh, like what what this is a stupid question as well uh, whatever uh, no questions a stupid question it is a stupid question no uh, questions a stupid, stupid question, question. Yeah. Well, well, no I asked myself questions. the question in my head and I was like that's a fucking stupid <laughs> question <laughs> but then I don't have a second one so that's what comes out anyway um, what is what's <clears> your like ideal way of life you, you know like what's your yeah what's your ideal way of life I don't think there's a good answer this is going to be a stupid answer to a stupid question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Nailed> Sorry. <it. laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think that... I, I can't think of a concept or a way of an ideal life. I could sit here and say, well, this, that, and the other, do you know what I mean? But, like, I don't think anyone that has ever been born into this world knows what an ideal life would actually look like, do you know what I mean? Like... I don't know, it's just imagination at the end of the day though, isn't it? Like, and it's great to have imagination, but when it comes down to the crunch of it, like, you need struggle to live, you need struggle to find out who you are, do you know what I mean? Like, you, you need, like, all these challenges to make you stronger on who you are, do you know? Yeah. So, I can't answer that question, because I don't know what my ideal life looks like, do you know? Like, I wouldn't be who I am without the expectations that have been thrown at me since I grew up and the things that I've learned about the world and the things that I've seen firsthand and the things that I've gone through personally and the things that I've heard about and the things that I'm upset about it wouldn't make me who I am so I, I don't know I can't answer that question do you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah no I do get you mm-hmm. yeah it's a, almost like what your ideal might be even might change the next day because of something else that happens in your life yeah or 100% do you know yeah but like is there anything like that if you were talking to uh an 18 year old who who might be just coming out of school or whatever it is and i think when you when you leave that school and you have to go and do whatever you're going to do those expectations become a lot more real because then you're like all right i need to find my way and all this kind of stuff um sometimes i look back and and if i could talk to myself as an 18 year old i would have been like you know don't do that you know it's not going to actually pay off you're only doing that for your your family's expectations yeah. or whatever, and, like, and that's all like easy to say now. Uh, but um, 
What advice would you give someone who's maybe 18? And my sister's, um, <clears throat> she's 19 this year. But the, t- the thing is, our mother, she's very, um, my ma's not like that at all. Mm. Ma, my ma's always been like, she always meant it's like, I always want just to be happy. I don't care if you're scrubbing toilets or if you're making a million every year. I just want just to be happy and mm. I'm proud of you. Know I like, um, obviously she fucking has her expectations. She wants us to not go down a bad road or anything, do you know what I mean? But like, my, my sister is very free in what she gets to choose to do, whereas I, I was as well, do you know what I mean? Um, so it's kind of harder to get through to other people. Like, I, I wouldn't understand people putting pressure on their kids to go and do this, that, and the other, do you know what I mean? Because like, I never had that in my life. Mm. I, I was always free to choose to be who I wanted to be, you yeah. know? Like, I might, might go off one or two people in my family being like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? But I've always rebelled against it, so... I don't know what advice I'd give to anyone that was 18, 19, so I don't know if they listen to me, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd literally just say, just follow your heart. Yeah. Do your thing, find out who you are, like, don't let the fucking struggles get you down. It's hard to follow your heart sometimes, though, because you don't know what you your so? heart is actually saying sometimes. You might be getting confused. Yeah, I suppose, especially when you're 18, though, as yeah. well, you know. Um, yeah. You don't really know yourself when you're that young either. Yeah. And you can't say that to someone that's 18 either, because look yeah. what you mean. So you in know? a weird sense, you actually don't Can't say anything and you just let people make their own mistakes and, and learn them themselves. That's kind of the way That's I look hard at it. to see people doing too, though. Do you know? Yeah. Like, I've got, like, obviously people in my life I see and have seen make really bad decisions and mistakes. And I've seen myself make really bad decisions and mistakes. And that that's really hard, like, because sometimes you can't listen to yourself. And then when you do listen to yourself, you can't turn around to one of your friends and say, listen to yourself listen to me like John, mm. just, you have to find that out yourself so it's it's, it's hard like it's, it's probably even harder I'd say that to a kid too like do you know yeah. what I mean yeah absolutely tell us about this um, uh, video that you're releasing with the poem El Mund No Exist Pat <laughs> that was <laughs> did I say that right yeah Jim McBell Mark sorry El Mund oh, sorry yeah <laughs> Le Mund yeah or oh, whatever Spanish and French, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was to, that was to pay homage <laughs> to uh, <laughs> both your time in Spain and France. Are you good then? So I can speak English. Um, I won't say too much about it, but I'm I'm putting it all together myself. So I'm shooting it myself. I'm doing the backdrop myself, I'm doing the editing myself. Um, the only thing that I haven't done was record the voiceover. Um, as someone that's actually recording Casey's album, uh, Floor, but he's, he's brilliant. He, he did a bit of a sound over for me, like so. Um, I wouldn't be able to do that without him. And then Seamus that runs Circle Sessions, gave me a lend of a projector, so. It's going to be very film noir. I won't say what's going to be in it because I yeah. don't like revealing myself too much, you know what I mean? It's the whole mysterious hat wearing power kind of thing even though my hat's over there it's not my head <laughs> um, yeah that, that's all I say about it's, it's going to come out in a few weeks so I've, I've had a few I wanted it to come out by now but I've had a few setbacks with it with a couple of things like so um, always happens always happens when you don't know what you're doing as well this is my yeah. first time editing and yeah it's kind of I don't even know how to explain it but look it's, it's going to be good it's going to be alright do you know what I mean so yeah, I like check that. it out yeah 
if you want. Where's it going to be? Mm. On the internet. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Just not even said on, are we? Let me tell you about this thing, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Before <laughs> your time, Mark. <laughs> Yeah. You thought you were asleep. No, <laughs> um, I'm going to put it out on YouTube, so um, I'll have it all linked up on Instagram and wherever else I can manage to figure out. So uh, I don't organise these things very well, uh, or at least um, I organise them and then don't think things through very much, but um, I don't know if you'd like to perform anything for us tonight. It's totally okay if you don't want to. I didn't oh, no, ask I will, you. I didn't yeah. say anything about um, this. So one, can I say one thing? Of course. You know, after saying you don't organise this very well, so you can like look around. The place is packed. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> like you, yeah. you did a great job. Can you get around the applause? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're brilliant. Um, yeah, I'll. My French palm's a bit long, so not to call it. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I, I'd love that one. Um, We've got five minutes. Do you want us to like move? Uh, no, yes, I Do you want to stand up? Or no, I'm not so yeah, I'll amazing. Sit me point for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, <laughs> The world as we know it does not exist. And we watch through grey windows and claim this deep abyss to be an undying bliss. With cigarette stained fingers, a long inhale, and death wishes a kiss. Le monde n'existe pas. This world does not exist. And them heavy tears, they thunder down from above. And they crash upon our machines and metal structures because we have forgotten love. And it hits the surface like them brushes do and they're tapping on top of a snare. Take one round turn and them fires burn trapping each society stare. But air fills our lungs. Yet frustration pollutes the mind. And we're caught between the hands of time, the nine to fives, and a perfect home to design. Chanel number five. Better stay on top. And strive to stay alive. Well, them neon signs promote false promises, and destruction fulfills our lives. So we can see we obey and we are taught to cover our eyes and we are misled to be led and they teach us how to be blind Palaton it's no time to create Palaton to sit to reflect and to restore our faith it's no time to escape and for the sake of love and beauty Palaton Palaton and so I'm not real 
because I never married legally. There's no savings in my bank account, there's no amount for a down payment on my dream house. And surely, I should live securely by 30. And so I'm not real. Because a piece of paper would never define me. Would never wine and dine me and provide me with an extravagant life. That comfort of guarantee. And that plan for our children before I see 23. The gown. The big day. And that university degree. And the pension plan. And the gift of a yearly anniversary. But this is not my ideology. So I'm not real. Because my life is nothing more than a mere elf fallacy. Je ne suis pas reale. Je n'existe pas. Le monde existe. So in this long age of lost souls, we are only seeking the answers. From sleep deprivation and the preachings, the teachings, we're programmed by these false idols. We're all too ready to sell our souls for that instant gratification. Well, at 10 minutes on top of this parody of corrupted creation, this misled, misinformed Cajun of education. And we, we are hungry. Because we are the tortured spirits that are bound to a mechanical wheel. A mechanical wheel that never ceases to slow down not until the last jewel has fallen from a rusting crown. You see, we are forever turning, but the greed of hands that hold our very faces to the cold and the hollow ground. This self-centered, melodramatic, confused political agenda well, these power trips are police and more than just our language. And in no anguish, we fall. We fall silent. That's why I no longer want to be another screw in this industrious machine. One that turns and burns and profits those who divide and conquer, misguide and wander through lands paid for by bloodshed, fear and war. So tell me what it is that we're all fighting and divided for. Her naive eyes are directed towards a glittering screen. We're denied our boat rights and they have us addicted to the obscene. 
I'm a worshipping the wrong individuals and our laws are written by lustful criminals and it's irresistible. Because all media is like a plague religion. Our hands in pockets to purchase them brands who don't listen. Well, our day-to-day choices and our day-to-day indecision, well, we are much more than living experimental exhibitions. So when did we stop reading and thinking and having an awareness of ourselves? See, sex sells and violence swells and wealth leaves health neglected in our empty bed. An insensitive roar of a once spiritual creation is now overfed. We're consumed by constant stimulation. We sacrifice our dear hearts all in exchange for the glorification So will any of this matter when our time is done? Le monde n'existait pas. J'ai, je n'existais pas. Et toi, tu n'existais pas. Nous ne vivons que. That's it. Thank you. Kind of go into a trance when you close your eyes and do that, you know. Yeah, jeez, I'm sad you stopped. Who needs drugs? What? Funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't do drugs. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that Thank was amazing. Um, we can give you a follow at the Vagabond Queen. At Vagabond underscore Queen. Um, you can stalk me as much as you want. Just please don't show <laughs> <up> me, Gaff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's 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 been a real pleasure talking to you. That that poem was 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 fucking brilliant. Thank yeah, you, Sam. Yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. it. Thanks um, for having me on. Thanks for putting up with me. Yeah, thanks for putting yeah, yeah. Thanks for all the words. Yeah. yeah. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> um, guys, um, just be- before we we kind of um, move on to the next part, uh, we're gonna have like a little break of five ten minutes. You can go to the toilet, grab a drink or whatever. We're gonna get the music set up. So we will have some music here, live music. Uh, thanks to the guys. Really, really appreciate you doing it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get the, the, um, that going in a few minutes. And yeah, just one more time, a round of applause for, for Anne, the Vagabond Queen. Freddie Black and the Hotel Mosaic. Freddie Black and this is John McGowan and uh, we're going to share some songs, some poems mixed with music and 
probably talk a little bit of shite in between them as well, maybe. <laughs> Very probable. Very probable. Um, <clears throat> it was great listening to the Vagabond Queen. Um, I always love hearing other people's process and how they find stories or stories find them or whatever. And um, <clears throat> I like to walk around Dublin a lot and just observe what's happening. Just sit in cafes and observe what's happening. And uh, I like to do a lot of kind of just automatic writing, just conscious stream writing. And uh, I was doing that one day, and and this piece just arrived. Just for the hell of it. For the downright dirty, greasy, non-conforming smell of it. There is a certain uncertainty that comes from being so wrapped up in it. Never ever truly able to pull yourself away from it. Because something cries and dies in you when you deny your undying love of it. Your parents dropped their heads in their hands because they did not understand when you proclaimed ma, da, I'm going after it. There's a world of ignorance behind the question, are you making any money from it? You see, Shakespeare told us that this whole world is but a stage and we are merely characters in it. So when your back's up against the wall, it's a profession for you to express all of your aggression without having to put any fist marks in it. If you cannot find the words of how much you love your bird, you can sing her a song. If you don't know how to say that a boy took your innocence away, you can recite us a poem of it. Move the people. Wake the sheep up, for the truth, it radiates from it. And there are no rules for working the tools, so make your own style of it. Dance and move, bust a groove. Because we, we want to see you choreographing it. Throw up your hands and forget all of your plans and become deeply immersed in it. When your friends are all gone away, but you still have so much to say, you can paint them a picture of it. And when your little heart is all torn apart, it will help you to heal and deal with it. And when your mental health starts to lose its wealth, you can find a way through it. For it knows no ethnicity. It knows no gender rigidity. It knows no sexuality and it knows no nationality. So be whoever you want with it. And no matter what they say, they can never, never take it away because it is ours to do whatever the fuck we want with it. So love art, my friends. Just for the hell of it.
This next song we're gonna do is. Oh, it's it's. Uh, sit away from that, right? Dicey. <laughs> it's dicey. We'll see how this goes. There's normally four of us. Um, so we kind of sat down yesterday and said, what are we going to do? How are we? John normally plays guitar and keys at the same time. There you go. He said he'd keep it simple tonight and just uh, just stick the keys in front of him. So um, we normally have a drummer, bass player, and then John. <laughs> Tonight we have just John. I don't mean just John, but uh, so we're gonna see how this goes. Bear with us. This is Silhouette Roulette.
our first uh, single coming out in soon <laughs> we have the master back we have the music video back they're sitting there ready to go we just need to do the other bit now like the promotional stuff that you know everybody seems to forget about you get the work done right great but now you have to so uh, this is the start of the promotion um, this song is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play that song now. It's called Drainpipe Diamond, and I'm to go back to what Anne was saying earlier about um, kind of just walking around and getting a sense of things. And I like to look at it as sometimes a story will pick you, in a sense. That's how I feel about it. Like, and um, to give the full kind of background on this, I was reading a book before called Paid For by a woman called Rachel Moran. Moran. She ended up on the streets of Dublin when she was 13 or 14, prostitution and drug addiction. And it was a really hard book to read and I could only read about a quarter of it and I was like, this is kind of turning my stomach, you know, it was really difficult. And uh, about six months later, I auditioned for a play called Heroin. <laughs> and it was written by a girl called Rachel Kyo. And Rachel had a very similar story where she ended up on the streets of Dublin, drug addiction, prostitution, all that, all the fancy stuff, you know, all the really tough stuff. And uh, I was driving through Dublin one night, down the South Keys, and out of the corner of my eye, I seen a girl sitting on the wall of the Liffey. Some part of me hates telling the story because I hate having to say this, but it'd be nice if, anyway. I pulled in and I walked over to her. She had her legs in, in towards the, the river and she was going to jump in. And I went over and I just, there was three guys there talking to her. And I started talking to her and I just was like, are you okay, whatever. Long story short, she got back, she got over the wall and we sat down on the ground and she told me her story. She told me what had happened to her, how she'd ended up. She was living on the streets. She'd been involved in drug addiction and prostitution. And her name was Rachel as well. 
and I couldn't believe that in the short space of nine months, three, uh, I'd come across three women with the same story, with the same name. And uh, that was four and a half years ago and it just kind of wouldn't leave me alone. Met the guys, we wrote some music, we wrote the song. So this song is for Rachel, any one of them. And when we recorded the track, we had a singer on the track and um, after we'd kind of There's my vocals and then there's a, a, a singer, a lady singer on it as well. And her, the one we got in, the girl we got in, her, they, they didn't fit. And uh, we got in another artist. And you can probably guess what her name was. Her name was Rachel. So there was no question about whether she was the right one for the track or not. So this song, the working title is uh, Drain Pipe Diamond. Um, it's Rachel's story. And this is for... Shaking, waiting for the moment that the ground would disappear from beneath her, leave her floating in space. Praying to God she can find a safe place. Watching pieces flake off and float down the stream. More broken promises, more lost dreams. She's a slave to the streets. And all she wants is warm, dry feet. She's a slave to the streets. And all she wants is clean, fresh sheets. She wants to live a life so free. She wants to live like you. She's lost, she doesn't know She's an innocent victim of a one-way street Underneath this freight train of unfamiliar feet She cannot feel her heart She's been trapped inside her head But for the grace of God She hasn't drowned from the tears she's shed She's a slave to these streets And all she wants is warm, dry feet She's a slave to these streets And all she wants she wants to live her life so free She wants to live like you and me She wants to spread 
Deception keeps her wrapped up in these chains. Arrested in her mind, she just wants to wash her brain. Shame, compounding guilt, and those for hidden truths. All she's been seeking is new soil for her roots. A plastic bag rolling along, unwanted by the crowd, can verbalize her demons because she is too proud. She's a slave to our streets. And all she wants is warm, dry feet. She's a slave. That's our... Who's our manager? <laughs> <laughs> you never heard of him. You never heard of him. <laughs> no. So, uh, Freddie Black with a Y and the Hotel Mosaic is where you'll find us on uh, Instagram. We have Twitter, but well, I don't fucking know about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the best place to find us. We do have a couple of tracks up on Spotify. We have a couple of uh, acoustic, live acoustic tracks. We have that one up there. Uh, we've another one, Silk and Drainpipe Diamond, uh, Silhouette Roulette, which is the second song we played. So you can listen to some of that stuff there. 
we have three gigs coming up. Brilliant. Yeah, three gigs coming up. So on the 18th of May is the real one we're going to tell you about because don't worry about the other ones, but we're playing in Crowbar Terrace in Button Factory on the 18th of May. Go buy tickets because it will sell out. We're playing with another amazing band called Coastline Grass Club and they're pretty shit hot too and it's going to be a good night. So come along and uh, sing some songs and dance. And we, we, we have a lot more energy when there's four of us and the clapping is great, but you will all definitely be dancing. That's one thing that we will make sure until we're at the... <laughs> we do play Maniac at one point in our set, so if you want to... I don't know if we, if we have time for one more, we might try that in now, but uh, I don't know. So we'll quite we... see have time for one more. I'm not going anywhere anyway. Maybe, uh, but anyway, yeah, so if you, if you guys want to go over and follow us, that'd be really cool. Um, I don't know what else do we need to say, manager. <laughs> yeah, go to the gig on the 18th. Go to the gig on the 18th. That's the main one. You know, on a dead price, tenner in. Yeah. Twelve euro on the door. So. Bring your mates. Bring. It works out that if we if we each sell three tickets, we've covered ourselves. So like, just three of us come. I'm sorted. <laughs> <laughs> and three more for John. You know. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Come along. It'd be great to see us there because uh, our we'll be releasing factory in the Crowbarkers. Oh. Uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll hopefully have an update on when the release is before then, but who knows what way. It's been four and a half years and we're still kind of waiting to get it out. So, with Grim? Oh, yeah. We do. We, uh, we do I, 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 like, so I was, was going to do it without you. Like. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, there is just one thing we're going to need you all to do for this last song. Okay. Are you up for a little bit of audience participation? Yeah, yeah. The first thing everyone's going to need to do is stand up. Oh, okay. And we're gonna we're gonna just run through the chorus which we're gonna quick. And let loose because that last song is heavy enough, so we're gonna like shake it out, we're gonna let it free, right? We're gonna set ourselves free. <laughs> response I'm gonna say set yourself free and then you say set yourself free back yeah okay okay so we'll just run through the chorus real quick and then we got you right okay take it out and now push it back and set yourself free set yourself shake it out and now show them how and take them to see oh, wash away your sins and stand up with me you gotta take it out and push it back and set yourself free Set yourself free. Set yourself free. Now show them how and take them. 
across the dance floor, and she was dressed to kill. She was a sexy lady, and she had to get her thrill. And she did it, and she going on the music to beat the tempo. She was in for the night. She was in for a fight. She said, "You tits, hold tight with a new jam. Hold tight with a man with a left hand." Come along on the 18th and we'll really get it going. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Thank you.